It's a film with three brains. 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 Mr. Stone. He wanted to kill Mrs. Stone. My only regret, Carol, is that the plan isn't more violent. Until something wonderful happened. Mr. Stone, we have kidnapped your wife. Imagine someone demanding money from me to keep Barbara alive. Idiots. Now he's doing everything inhumanly possible so she'll never come back. Don't you consider throwing a body off a cliff in the dead of night? Wow. Nah, she'll be unconscious. He's going to pay. He's going to pay. Bad chance. I'm going to drop the price to $10,000. I'm being marked down? That woman ain't coming back. Ruthless People, starring Danny DeVito. I hate the way she... Lick stamps. I hate her furniture. And I hate that little sound she makes when she sleeps. <laughs> Judge Reinhold. They said they wouldn't follow me. <laughs> you can't trust the police. Helen Slater. No matter what I do, or as nice as I can be, she, she just tears into me. She hates me. Sandy, you're her kidnapper. She's supposed to hate you. And Bette Midler as Barbara Stone. Ruthless people. I dare you to kill her. Now that ought to do it. Hello and welcome to the film with three brains. This is Sean in Chicago. And Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. And Despicable Sam in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we are going to talk about Ruthless People, 1986, a comedy by the Zucker Brothers and Jim Abrams. Uh, it's got Danny DeVito, Bette Midler, Judge Reinhold, etc. Um, it was kind of picked out of a hat. I think I explained last time that I actually thought I was... I had seen it, but I was thinking of Outrageous Fortune, which has Bette Midler. Um, yeah, so I don't think I'd ever seen it. And the Rotten Tomatoes, we'll get to we'll get to our feelings in, in a second. But the Rotten Tomatoes were 93, I believe. Was that so, the, the uh, critics or the... Uh, that's a good question. I didn't... Audience. I don't have it in front of me, but... Need the info. <laughs> Interns. <laughs> Uh, okay, Dr. Evil. Um, you're, being, you're being fired in terms. Well, while we have a second, I just want to point out that we don't usually say what this podcast is. And if you just Holy happen upon shit. us, um, we are three longtime friends that uh, are reviewing movies from, you know, when we were young. So we've defined that as 1975 to 1999. So anything goes within that time frame. And this is 1986, kind of right in the middle. And yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that Rotten Tomatoes is uh, is really high. I think ninety three <laughs> for critics, seventy two for audience score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Audience lower makes sense to me. The critics were like, although in there. I don't know what. I mean, I know I know Ebert and Cisco both gave it thumbs up, but 
Uh, what did you guys Wait, think you sound like you don't like it. <laughs> well, I mean, not. I definitely don't like it 93% like it, you know? I'll say that. I mean, I, I, what do you guys think? You go. <laughs> I, well, I, I will say this. I didn't like it. Okay. He's on record. He didn't like yeah, it. Yeah. I, I will go on record. I didn't like it. I am not surprised in the slightest. Some some moments here and there were amusing, but overall I found it just irritating. I feel like The Kiss of Death for you is a movie that's not funny. It's supposed to be funny. Well, sure. And this is supposed to be funny. But yeah, I didn't Occasionally find it terribly it funny. No, it's not that funny. I, found, I just found it annoying. And and, right, and well, just and like the, the plotting is fucking idiotic. Yeah. Particularly yeah. in the last second half, you know. Oh, I thought the beginning was... Well, well, well I'm anyway. sorry. I mean, we're splitting hairs. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Sam, Sam, do you have a counterpoint? Yes, this? I do. Yeah. Okay. okay, counterpoint, okay. go. So what I did was I starved myself of comedy for the last two months. <laughs> and it's... It's so this kinda... is your plain head of lettuce? Like, after starving for that long, anything tastes good? Well, wait a minute. We, yeah. Did we do any, some comedies ourselves? I mean, Short Circuit? You didn't... <laughs> this was way funnier than Short Circuit. What? What? Yeah. Wow. I found wow. the the jokes in I'm Short appalled. Circuit are pretty... Whatever. I Okay. I thought <laughs> the first 45 minutes of this was pretty perfect. And you guys huh. are going to be like, oh, it's, what, are you crazy? I'm you like, are crazy. And... <laughs> Pretty pretty perfect means you have to you have to get over the fact that there's a whole bunch of coincidences that make this movie work, mm-hmm. but otherwise, like watching Danny DeVito be dis- despicable, like I loved it, like the like him just like the idea yeah. of like goading the kidnappers, like I thought we had a deal, you know, like I like I to me I just loved it. I was like, I was like, <laughs> especially in his voice, I thought we had a deal, right, know? right. Like you know, he's supposed to kill my wife, you know. Um, so the whole the whole concept of like, like, you know, I was stepped back like a you know way before the movies made, and you just think of it like, what if a guy got a you know mm-hmm. hated his wife, she got kidnapped. And he didn't want to pay the ransom. And she was such a pain in the butt that the the, the people who took her, you know, the kidnappers, you know, mm-hmm. are like, that's a great concept. It is. <laughs> it is. And like, and it's, and it's fresh. Like, there's no other movie where I thought, like, this, you could take this plot and I thought, okay, you could have totally given this, someone could have penned down this idea and give it to Alfred Hitchcock. And it would have been a really great movie. Sure. Do. Yeah. And you could have almost done the next person in line who would have done it differently, but still could have done it and added more comedy would have been Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is kind of up his alley too. I think that is as far as the concept goes. Yeah. And then the, per- whoever wrote this was like, Hey, you know what? Alfred Hitchcock turned it down. Woody Allen turned it down. But for some reason, the Zucker brothers picked it up. <laughs> And he would have been like, the, whoever the writer was would have been like, what? Like, what? How did this happen? Like, this was yeah. never meant to be <laughs> this type of comedy. Yeah. And it shouldn't. But I thought that the performances of Danny DeVito and Bette Midler, at least for the first half, were so amusing. And and even Judge Reinhold, like, he's just, like, he's 
like I like the idea that for ruthless people, it's supposed to be the kidnappers who are the nicest people in the world. Like I, I thought that was <laughs> yeah. a nice little play. He's like, we're ruthless. And he's like, he can't even, you know, he picks up the spider and brings it outside, <laughs> you know, like as he's trying to be ruthless. And then when he realizes that he opens the door, goes back out and stomps <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> that's genius. That's, yeah. that's clever. So I thought there were so many little clever moments. But it's true. Somewhere around 45 minutes in there, you realize like, holy cow, they made this movie depend on like eight coincidences. Yeah. Like it's one thing to have your wife kidnapped the very night you were going to kill her. But it's another thing to have like, oh, there's a murderer sneaking around. Who's going to show up at your same time? Yeah. You're going to frame him. And then, then there's yeah. this other guy who's, you know, who's a doofus who's going to show up. And, you know, it's just, yeah. and, and he's getting double crossed by the the girlfriend and she's you know got an untrustworthy boyfriend i was like whoa 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 they stacked in way too many coincidences yeah. that you have to ignore because as soon as you start thinking about them you're like oh my god this is idiotic right but if you can ignore all of that you realize like <laughs> danny devito gives a pretty good performance like yeah, he's yeah. fun to watch you know in this movie yeah. you know so that's that's where i came in i came in and i was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna this is a 1980s comedy. Like, you can't go into most 1980s comedies expecting it to have a solid storyline. Like, this this flows like so many 80s comedies. It's in that the first half works really well, and then somewhere they're like, oh, we can't maintain the comedy, and we don't have a strong plot to go on either. <laughs> and it just kind of slowly unravels. So, as far as 80s comedies go, it's fairly perfect. <laughs> Yeah. So you think maybe the Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, I, I don't know exactly how they do the ag- ag- aggregate, but the, maybe the nostalgia or the, I mean, if you look at the old reviews at the time, they were kind of positive. At the and, time. <laughs> yeah, and if you, if you, um, if you're someone who does re- reviews now, you know, years later and, and, and you're like, well, I remember this as a kid or something. You know, there's just nostalgia at play or something. But like you said, I think you have if you don't have the '80s sensibility for for this type of comedy, then it just it's just weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I can't like. I the only thing that really bugged me was this t- the sitcoming way that that tape kept flipping around. You know, like yeah, oh, how yeah, many times is, can we not so, look at the that damn whole tape subplot? was totally yes, unnecessary that's what i'm saying is it's one more coincidence like yeah. one more giant coincidence that needed not to exist right and they you reused know? that same coincidence like three times it was like right you know, with the police chief and and then that their phone calls like okay we're right. still doing this bit all right yeah yeah and I you know whatever i i will i will say that i i sort of agree with some of what you're saying sam of like course Danny, you do, Danny DeVito is the right. best thing. He's, that's the best thing about it. He's the best thing about it. But even him, after a while, started to bother me. And and, and it's not it's not him exactly. It's like I couldn't help shake the feeling that him and Bette Midler were making a completely different movie from everyone else. Mm. And their and their movie was super tongue in cheek, way over the top, hamming it up. And Judge yeah. Reinhold and Helen Slater were playing it pretty straight, sort of. As scripted, you know, just playing like these doofy sort of, you know, Bette Midler, I found annoying completely. I didn't like her at all in this. And part of the problem was that her like character arc, I found so fucking shallow and insufferable. 
I'm going well, to forgive it's, you because I lost weight. Oh, lost my weight. God. I was trying to describe that it's part so reductive to, to Amy. And insulting. <laughs> I was like, well, there was this part. That, uh, yeah, it is. It is insulting, but also it kind of makes sense because if that's <laughs> if it? that's what she makes, like, like she's not eating a lot. She's captive. And all she's doing is working out. But yeah, yeah it's, it's, it still it, is kind of, it's very eighties. It, so the best, so the best, what I consider to be the best parts are, Sam, I agree. Danny DeVito, like on the phone with the kidnappers, the basic premise. And if it, it had focused more on that, ditched the Bill Pullman and the lady, that other lady, I forgot her name, ditched that whole subplot completely, mm-hmm. you know, and just focus on that. Cause yeah, there was too much going on to really sustain any sort of, and, and it was too much for me. I just couldn't. It, like yeah. Danny DeVito wasn't enough. There, for me, there was nothing else. You know, and the the other problem that starts right away is Danny DeVito's like, well, you know, I, she just got older and sicker, and older, and, sicker. and it's like, well, okay, so you have a lot of money, but you just want more money. Like your your right. big problem is you don't have extra money, and he <laughs> ends up losing a lot of money. Because, but you know, I guess because of greed and all all of his bad qualities, but. Like his his motivation is the weird is oh, is weird because yeah he he hates his well, is his father in law or something how the hell yeah the father in law had money he wanted more money from from that well the father in law he thought was gonna die so he married Bette Midler and then the guy hung on so then he stole this idea from the kidnappers made a bunch of money from making essentially spanks it looked like mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, which is weird because then Spanx were made so many years later and that lady became like a billionaire. Yeah. Um, so hmm. all she had to do was watch this. Nobody yeah. else watched this. <laughs> Nobody actually made the product. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So then they, that, cause that's the whole motivation to kidnap is to get some of the yeah. money they thought they rightfully That part deserved. I like. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that done wrong thing. I like that. I just don't understand why he needs more. Like he's rich, but he's not rich enough. So he's all pissed yeah, off. Yeah, but that's classic. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I mean it's, it fits for his character that he's just pure greed. You know. And what what's Die Hard? Awesome. Uh, <laughs> this is like, <laughs> but there's classy. Like, she's like you're. like this. What's her line? Like she's like it's a robbery. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're nothing but a common thief. You're common thieves. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I'm moving up to kidnapping, so I'd be more respectful. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, that line never made any sense. They just murdered a bunch of people. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe he doesn't see it that way. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's it takes ruthless people things. to point out the flaws and die hard. Of course, I think it's I think it's pretty criminal what they did. Uh, not what they did, but what how they treated Bill Pullman. Not how they treat you know like Bill Pullman's awesome. Yeah, but this is his first I, movie. I know, but they, <laughs> so what? Like he's I just think, there to go. Casting, he's just there obviously. to go. Duh. <laughs> I think he's good at it. <laughs> he is good at it. Especially and I think it's unfortunate it. because he's such a, I really like Bill Pullman. I think he's a really interesting actor. I do too. I like in comedy him. and drama. And then he, yes. here he's just some dumb shit with blonde hair going. Duh. Yeah, he's got to start someplace. I guess, but I don't know. <laughs> I think he's doing all right. I don't think you have to worry about him. He's doing fine. <laughs> I'm not concerned about his career. I mean, I just think uh, it's unfortunate that you have such a good actor and you don't do anything with it. Oh, sure. (laughs) They didn't know he was good. I mean, the only only person in this cast who hasn't made a bad movie is Judge Reinhold, right? 
Oh, come on now. <laughs> I was kidding, Sean. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> right. I'm so ready for a fight right now. It's so weird. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. I'm not used to such disagreement. In I don't know. What, what's, what's... People, Stripes. These are all great movies. Yeah, that's true. Maybe Helen Slater. <laughs> Helen Slater. No. Supergirl is awesome. She's Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> Legend of Billie Jean. Awesome. <laughs> Secret of My Success, awesome. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Secret of My Success. Yeah, she's the love interest. Vice versa. Uh, Speaking of, of, oh, yeah, there you go. That's what I meant. Vice versa versa is what I was thinking of. Judge Ryan. Yeah, he said that movie ruined his career. Yeah? I can see why. Huh. He said that that was the, um, that's when the phone stopped ringing. Hmm. Yep. Makes sense. It's terrible. Uh, the guy who played the cop was in Die Hard 2, just a tiny bit of synchronicity. Well, oh, yeah, I recognize maybe, that. The detective. or yeah. the You're talking about Art Jack. Evans. Yeah, Art yes. Evans. And he is a double up, because he was a cop in Fright Night. <laughs> I wonder if he's ever played anything but a cop. <laughs> I mean, in Die Hard 2, he was like the, just part of the air was he? C- control guy. I don't think he was Oh, that's right. Yeah. But, yeah, that's how I, that's how I think of him. I was like, oh, Die Hard Two guy. Yep, me too. And Danny DeVito, of course, we've done Twins. This is our third time because we've done One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm. Oh yeah. Yep. So this is our third DeVito. Forgot about that one. Bill Pullman. We did the Zero Effect, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Sorry, forgot about that one. Yeah. Sorry, Bill. Sorry, Bill. Yeah, I can't see him and never think of anything but that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I see him, I just think, our Independence Day. You know, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Can't say anything but that speech. Yeah. Yeah. Um, continuing with the old double up stuff, we've got um, J.E. Freeman, who was the bedroom killer. Mm-hmm. He's actually the club, Victor Sr. from Go. Mm hmm. Pretty minor. I see. But yeah, that's a, that's an obscure one. Thought I'd throw that yeah, one. It is. The nice. um, the the blonde kid in the in the stereo shop that um, Judge Reinhold tries to sell shit to. Yeah. Do you guys recognize him? From, uh, from summer school. Summer school. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also the thief in planes, trains, and automobiles. Although he doesn't get recognized for that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Gary Riley. And apparently he was in, he was in consideration. Excuse me, he was in consideration for Bill and Ted as well. Like he was in oh, the yeah. final final round of casting. Oh uh, yeah, I can see that. Interesting. Hmm. Herm. So I think it's weird that G- G- uh, Jim Abrams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker directed this. I mean, it's yeah. comedy, but it's very different from everything they did before and after. Definitely. It reminded me of. Um, what was the one we did that was so different from everything else they've done? Oh, uh, didn't we do the Alfred Hitchcock? Comedy? Yeah, we did. Yes. Quote unquote comedy. We did that one. Um, oh, we did another one though. That was a comedy from someone who never did any other comedies. Yeah. And I can't remember what now. I just remember <laughs> that. Well, you're racking your brain. The, okay. uh, the hooker in the car mm-hmm. was married to Mr. Blonde. Reservoir hmm. Dogs. Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Well, then. 
Yeah, I thought you'd want a really obscure factoid. I did. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you I, know, I think it was the. I think the thing that probably is the killer for this is just too many coincidences turned out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It felt yeah. very sitcom-y to do that. Yeah. Like, like young sitcom. Mm-hmm. And kind of unnecessary. Like, you don't need that X. Ex- like, if we've got at least two subplots, I mean, why do we need that extra, like, you know, get the cop involved, or they mean the, the police chief, and... Mm-hmm. This is kind of unnecessary, almost. Or not unnecessary. It just didn't add a whole lot, other than you get to show some boobs, you know, like, oh, good, great. <laughs> right. uh, some boobs in the tape. Well, all that, too, about the tape, really, I found annoying... Like there's some ser- there's some serious shit they're doing in this you know with that tape and they don't bother to watch it. Yeah. You well, know? yeah, like, yeah. And one of and the he doesn't uh, watch what actually happens. Yeah. Right, the whole time it's being filmed. Yeah. Like it's just it's too he many. Zoom it's in. Too, you, <laughs> you can't keep going back to the that same same well. Yeah. I'd love to see the movie remade though. Yeah. I'd love to. I'd love to take the idea. And, do it again. I was just just now. I was sort of daydreaming while you guys were talking, <laughs> was, like usual. Yeah, I, uh, I was just like, doo, 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 doo. Uh, I was trying to think. I, I I was trying to think of a writer who could do this. So like, handle some intricate plotting, some some good characterization, but it's also hilarious. And I, I didn't I didn't come up with anyone yet, but I, I felt like there was someone I was thinking of specifically, and now I I, I can't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, yeah. It seems like it's a Woody Allen thing. Although I'm very tired of Woody Allen, have been for a very long time. Um, I don't know. Hmm. I'm still working on this, uh, that movie that was against type or, or uh, not type, but <laughs> that's driving me crazy. Yeah. Maybe like the Coen Brothers. Like, what if the Coen Brothers decided they were going to make ruthless people? <laughs> oh, it probably uh, have more of a Fargo feel to it. Well, I'm thinking more like Raising Arizona. That has a kidnapping in it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh-huh. And that's, but it doesn't that's... try to get too much involved. It's like there's a right. family and two sets of... There's a villain, ultimate, like, bad guy. Yeah. And there's like... It's, it's, it's pretty simple. It's small. Yeah. Well, that's all their movies. I mean, that's... that's. Well, Fargo yeah. gets a little out there because there's so many people involved. Yeah. But but that seems to add to it because it's like it's a or like Miller's Crossing, procedural. which has is mm-hmm. very plot driven and it's it's intricate and a lot of twists and turns and shit. Yeah, that's on my list. Oh yeah, well, that's a good one. Yeah, I haven't it's seen it since. Yeah, I I've only seen it, it once. Way back when. But anyway, hmm. they could do it. I'd still like to see someone a little more playful than what they usually put yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking mm. of playful, I think now's the time to point out that Michael, Colum- or sorry, Michel Colum- Colombier was also the music, uh, part of the music for uh, Money Pit. Hmm. So that that whimsy, whimsy, whimsical '80s music, you know, that that adds to the. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I, that kind of tells you what you what you're supposed to. Actually, I don't remember think, thinking it was that goofy. Was it? Really goofy. I have no memory of it at all. Because it starts out with like you know uh, Mick Jagger and the the Stones. Well, actually, I don't know. It was just Mick Jagger probably <laughs> singing "Ruthless People." You know, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't need that. <laughs> nope. 
You didn't need that song or me doing that song. <laughs> no. Both. The... I feel like your quick rendition was better than the real one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it it didn't there wasn't much to speak of the music. But for the eighties it seemed it seemed like it was okay. And the other last, I think, double up I'm aware of is Jan DeBont, the cinematographer. Mm, yeah. Die Hard Again. Yeah. One for Red October, you know. Mm-hmm. He's all over the 80s. And he would go on to direct Speed and a few other things. Yeah. Did we decide he was a better director or a better cinematographer? I think he's a better cinematographer. Yeah, me too. Personally. <laughs> he's got to be. <laughs> those movies we just talked about, like, okay, those are much better movies than Speed. <laughs> Sorry. Speed's awesome. Come on. I know you love speed, but everybody loves speed. It's it's awesome. You don't yeah. like speed, really? I, I haven't I'm, seen that since the yeah. 90s either. Hmm. Shit, we're gonna pick it now. Interesting. Yeah, you can put it on your list. <laughs> Makes you think it's not already on it. It probably is. Oh, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure it's on there. I'd be shocked actually if it wasn't. <laughs> I don't think it was, but it is now. <laughs> nice. I haven't done it. Yeah. Speed. Okay. Well, what about the ending? How did we feel about the the entire? Awful. I mean, that's another double up. I hated the, the last thirty minutes of this movie. That pier, that Santa Monica pier, is a. We. Is that, yeah. Was the ending? It's in a lot of stuff. I mean, there's. Yeah. But it's in um, falling down, which we did. Mm-hmm. Never saw it. <laughs> yeah and it's kind of a similar well i guess it's not similar because it's a it's a car chase and that was ridiculous it, it was that was detracting from the entire movie yeah to do that the, the car chase or just how it ends and how yeah just driving off the whole thing driving off it was money floating in the water and you know what it started to feel like towards the end that midnight madness Oof. Yeah. It, was just too, it became a little too much you're just yeah. like okay it did feel like midnight it's <laughs> it's it's like all of us you know don't get me wrong first 45 minutes pretty perfect <laughs> but after that <laughs> it keeps unraveling but yeah but at the very end i was just like really you started out with this this great concept and this is what you end up with you know and i think it's the zucker brothers can't help but be the zucker brothers yeah you know, they can't help just getting sillier and sillier. Mm-hmm. It's weird, too, because it was Michael Eisner who approached them and said that he thought the script was good for them, that they wouldn't be able to turn it down. Hmm. So, and they, so they took it. They're like, yeah, we, we read it and we thought, oh, it's funny. We'll do it. Hmm. Uh, that's... Anyway. And it was the last touchstone film film and then it became it? Touch, touchstone pictures oh that's what wikipedia says hmm. oh and i finally remembered what the hell i was thinking of or what we were both thinking of um the fisher king hmm. that that was be, in the in the sense that that was very different for him very different oh yeah he did a movie that uh, and also he didn't write it as far as i know right yeah, and, that was and the Zucker brothers didn't write; the, they didn't do anything in this with the script. So all yeah. those airplane type puns and stuff aren't in there because they didn't write it. It's just Dale Launer. He has the only credit for this screenplay. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm not sure. I, I I'm curious that why why they would want to just do more of a straight movie than a slapstick over the top stuff. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why Devito and Midler were like, "Wow, we're doing a Zucker Brothers movie. Let's 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 go for it." You know. Well. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I guess, I don't know. I mean, look at what else he's written though. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, My Cousin Vinny, like that. Those all. You know, mm-hmm. those are great. He's he's good at writing like a character. He's yeah, just I wonder not... if it's just like the Zuck, the the Abram Zucker and Zucker just kind of like ruined it. For I me, mean, I'm just wondering if the script itself was written better than the film, the eventual film. I'd because, say so. because well, Abram Zucker and Zucker have a certain sensibility that they brought to it that was not necessarily compatible. I was just thinking, I, I was curious, I was thinking um, if uh, uh, Martin McDonough were to remake Ruthless People, <laughs> who did um, The Banshees of Inisherin and Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing was, uh, mm-hmm. and Seven Sacrifices and In Bruges. In Bruges in particular, because I love that movie. But he handles like comedy and sort of crime pretty well. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know, but those are banshees. Of yeah, well, I don't know about that. I didn't see it. I heard it was depressing. But in Bruges to me is like it's hilarious. I love that movie. I think it's really funny. But it's also dark. It's, and it's dark and uh, you know a little violent. Yeah, I I recently watched Amsterdam. Have you guys seen that one? It's no, uh, it did not. I it didn't know. get a lot of love from the Academy, it's, and I know why. No. But one of my friends watched it. And he turned it off after thirty minutes. He hated well, every second of it. It's it's very in love with itself, mm-hmm. you know, like, like a Wes Anderson movie might be. Well, wait, but is that, I think there's that, more to it than that. Or I think it's, that, it's, uh, uh, Christian. No, no, no. This Christian is Bale. Bale. No, I know. And but the, that's, um, <sighs> I, I wasn't David O. Russell. Yes. It's yes. a David O. Russell. It's so like, mm-hmm. I find David O. Russell to be a little insufferable. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I find his, his movies frustrating. If I had to guess, I'd say Sam would like it and you would not like it. Like, I like some of his older stuff, but after a while I get, I find it tedious. I just, I, I can't fucking stand yet. it. I can't stand it. Oh, The Fighter's really good. Yeah, The Fighter's one of his, probably his best. But he, his movies are so him, you know, like, I, I don't know. Mm. I just don't like that after a while. I'm just like, so I can't fucking stand Wes Anderson movies anymore. Yeah, I can't yeah, make it past like ten minutes. I just gotta th- turn it off because I just find it so annoying. And yeah, so well, everything he does is just a, a new twist on everything he's already done. Yeah, I agree that it's become more that way because oh, when he when he did three Anderson. three kings, like it was that was still sort of like about the cast, and he seemed yeah. like more collaborative. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, he's kind of got his own thing. And Amsterdam yeah. is very much like that, so. Yeah, I'm not even sure why I brought it up. Maybe it's just because the sensibility is sort of, it, it's it's dark, but it it's funny. It doesn't. It does, a lot of it doesn't work, but but I appreciate the attempt, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think he would handle. I think he does, has. I mean, like if you, if we can just block out block out some of the other ones and just focus on like Three Kings, like that was the kind of sweet spot between, you know, action and and dark matter dark darker subject matter and, mm-hmm. and, and jokes and, and fun, you know? 
Yeah. And that's really hard to do. So, you know, I, I like that people try that. And Ruthless, Ruthless People is, is, is listed as a dark comedy and, or sorry, a black comedy film, whatever the hell that means. Um, you know, which is supposed to be morbid humor, I guess, but it's not very dark. It was, it was not that dark, you know, it's not like no. they had to do a whole lot, you know, no one really killed it. I mean, I guess they, they caught the, did they kill the strangler guy or the, uh, uh, yeah, right. Didn't yeah. they? They whack him and he goes down the stairs, or do they just catch him? No, they killed him. That's why he ended up in the car at the end, and they oh. into the into the ocean. Yeah. Oh right, and they put him in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, that was That's insane. Came too much, too much. But by then, I wasn't surprised by it. I wasn't like, oh wow, isn't that a twist? You know, like yeah, that sound that seems about right with all the like, crazy hijinks happening here. That they would solve the the serial killer case you know <laughs> accident or not accidentally but like which also gets them off the hook and then they're they're considered dead and blah 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 hmm. what happens to bet midler do we know what, what, are you about? what do you mean Did, well they're aren't she they just out at the end she shoves they're all the dancing ocean, on the they're dancing on the they beach all, yeah they go they into business together and become yeah you know they go celebrate with a couple of cheeseburgers <laughs> that's what it felt right. like it felt like a cheeseburger yeah. ending it is but that's that's bullshit. Like, come on, <laughs> she still has to go and deal with her ex husband or current husband. It's to be fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're missing that point. I know it's stupid, but I mean, what what kind of stupid are we talking about? Like, what what was their intent with that stupid? Like that they're the best of friends now. That, you know the the uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's the Helsinki. Uh... Syndrome. So, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fell in love with your kidnapper. Start a business together. Yeah, it happens all the time <laughs> in real life. It happens all the time. <laughs> and they were they're so amicable. Like, oh, we're gonna split. So did they had they had money too, right? They got most of the money or all of the money. Of the they got money. Some of it. Some of it was in the water. Yeah, like what they say, the five thousand dollars went in the water or something. Yeah. And they got millions okay. or whatever. Yeah. So they nicely distributed it between the, the three of them. Of course. They're best buds, Sean. <laughs> this is, it's a movie about friendship. Yeah. Which is why it's funny that it's called Ruthless People. <laughs> yes. yes. That's the dark comedy of it. <laughs> the title. The title. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dark. Yes. <laughs> the word ruthless. <laughs> I'm going to rewrite this script. You should. It's going to be a <laughs> bestseller. Let's find out who owns it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, Wikipedia points out that, that the 93% is only 43 reviews. And then the average score is 7.1 out of 10. Hmm. So 43 is not a lot of reviews to go on. I mean, we forget that. You know, we... Or I, I'll point Well, the other thing out. is the average is 73, which is the audience score is 72. Right, exactly. So it's pretty spot on. What if Ryan yeah. Johnson remade this? I'd see does, that. Does that feel like a good match? <laughs> I would. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, bud, are you out there? Yeah. You I should like remake him. Ruthless People. Why not? He could do it. He could add, he could add Daniel Craig and it could be Knives Out 3. Um... <laughs> <laughs> It, he could actually do that. 
<laughs> you would just give you give Art Evans role to Daniel Craig, and you'd beef that up. Yeah. <laughs> and that might actually be a better a better viewpoint. Yeah. To you know f- follow him more of the time. Right. Figuring out if... why it seems that the kidnapper's husband, kidnappy's husband, is trying to get her killed. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he unravels it all. We're on to something. Ryan Johnson, if you're listening. I mean, look, they're not making another it's, Star Wars it's, movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's the film with three brains at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Roger Ebert liked it. And I, I think Leonard Maltons is the best. This clever farce, which I don't know how clever it is, has lots of laughs, bright for performances, but turns sour. These really are unpleasant people. <laughs> like, there you go. Right. I think it's good for Leonard, kids to watch this. I feel this like they cause... told us that right up front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a view into what unpleasant people were like in the 80s. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's very different than now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere it's, it's something about commentary on nouveau riche and stuff and of the the memphis architecture and you know that god awful like bright furniture and all that crazy stuff hmm. i think that's very oh my god oh god that modern furniture that was like oh. straight out of um uh the last dragon <laughs> last dragon with money <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah it's very set in its time and I, and yeah, we don't, we're not, I'm, or I'm not degrade. I'm not downgrading it for that. I'm just saying that even at the time, I feel like people should, should, I guess maybe there wasn't that much competition, but it's 86. I mean, there's a lot of competition. Yeah. Isn't there? And some of it like is other Bette Midler movies. Like she did <laughs> down and out in Beverly Hills and stuff. Well, you know, what came out, you know, it came out in 1986. Uh, Gremlins? No, it's 84. What? Howard the fucking duck. Oh, God. How did I miss that one? (laughs) And Short Circuit. (laughs) And Short Circuit. (laughs) And Big Trouble in Little China. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that that puts it in perspective. So if you got (laughs) Big Trouble, which is pretty good. I mean. Of course. I know you want to say great, but I'm going to say like across audience. I think think a lot of, there's a lot of different people that would be like, okay, well, uh, Big Trouble was fun. Fun, good times. Mm-hmm. Howard the Duck, not at all. No, it's terrible. But people still watched it. Sure. Rad. Yeah, because they had a choice. Rad. Someone's going to pay them go see it. <laughs> <laughs> what year was Rooftops again? Um, anyway. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Nobody wants to know that. No one cares. I do. <laughs> That's more like 88. Okay. Um, 89. So one of the things that, that <laughs> strikes me about Ruthless People, mm-hmm. it's not about the actual movie, but when you put it in, in Rotten Tomatoes, it says, you might also like. Ah, and the things what, that what show up for me, Hamburger Hill. Oh, yeah, that's Rumble, Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> good one. Not funny, but good. Strange Days. Also not funny. I'm just like... That's weird. It's it's that, totally that weird. weird. It'd be like, hey, I like Tribe Called Quest. Oh, you might also like the Rolling Stones. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> it's almost like their shitty algorithm goes off the title only with no right. context whatsoever. Yeah, it's it's really odd. Anyway, yeah. So I'm, well, if you go on IMDb and look up ruthless people at the bottom, more like this, it's just all Bette Midler and Danny DeVito movies. So it's like Outrageous Fortune, Down Out in Beverly Hills, Big Business, Throw Mama from the Train, War of the Roses, Nine to Five. Throw Mama from the Train's any good? I have no memory of it. Is that a remake of something? Well, it's like um, Strangers on a Train. Wait. I think it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they... Because it's... Uh, they're trying to... Off each other's person. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Crystal and DeVito. Indeed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's like a Raymond Chandler story that Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock made into a movie. Stranger on the Train. Same premise, basically. So, All I right. mean... But, I mean, we've talked recently about how movies have not exactly gotten better but this sort of you know flies in the face of that that some of these movies i mean this made 71 million dollars at the box office 71 million dollars that's budget's great like 10 million or something that's, how... that's great but that that's insane like who how, would people tell their friends like oh you gotta see with those people that's fun i yeah, guess so okay okay <laughs> But look at, like, Married to the Mob. Yeah, good point. Definitely in that in that, in that vein of, oh, it's good enough. It's kind of funny. It's got a lot of people in it. Okay, I think... Would it be fair to say that when we were kids, our parents went to movies without us as entertainment? I don't think my parents did. <laughs> Look, this movie's for adults, right? Like, uh, this yeah. movie's not for kids. Well, yeah. I don't know. I guess. I mean, there's not too much. If you know, if you can overlook the the slightly nudity and some of the, I don't. Is there a lot of language? Or anything? I don't know. It's an R movie. It's an R movie. Right? It's more the theme. The themes are too adult, you know, greed and lust and backstabbing and all that stuff. And kids are like, what? Why is everyone so stupid? Well, what I'm saying is for <laughs> 1986, so <laughs> there's not many adult comedies. Like it, when, if you think of the movies we, we've talked about and, and, or would talk about, it's Short Circuit, Stand By Me, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like, you know, Pretty in Pink, maybe, Big Trouble mm-hmm. in China, like Crocodile Dundee, maybe a little more adult. That was a huge hit, though. It made a mm-hmm. zillion dollars. That was like, huge. Oh, yeah. I There's saw that in not, the theater. Yeah, I think I saw it. Everyone Twice. did. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that for, for that time period, there weren't that many adult comedies coming out in the theater. So this was like, maybe part of it was timing. Yeah. That is like, here's something amusing by two, you know, two middle-aged actors you know it's not i mean and it's not three amigos or at least you know like <laughs> unfortunately it, yeah so i think maybe it's i think like, like like people used to go out to movies all the time now they don't and there used to be a lot less 
thing, a lot less stuff to watch. Um, like now there's tons of things to watch geared towards every age group. So I think part of the success of this movie is the timing. Like if this would have came, yeah. come out five years ago and it'd be the exact same movie, it probably wouldn't have done that mm -hmm. well. It probably would have been on Netflix really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I thought that's, of another, that's a very go good back. point. Yeah. I thought of another person who could do justice to a remake. <clears throat> I think if Shane Black wrote and directed it. Yes, he does. Shane Black, like Kiss Kiss mm -hmm. Bang Bang and Nice Guys. Yeah. That Shane Black, not like Lethal Weapon and Last Boy Scout. But like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and and, and the Nice Guys is, are really funny. And they're dark and they're, you know, crime comedy, dark and, comedies. Well, the plot works too. Like his, mm -hmm. you know, he sticks to the yeah. the script, the formula, you know, and mm -hmm. delivers on those. I feel like he could do a remake pretty good justice. Shane, yeah. it's the film with three brains at gmail.com. Well, what are Hurry we going to do with Don't let Ryan, Ryan and Johnson and get ahead of you. Both, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you already said Ryan Johnson because I love the Brothers Bloom. That's and a good one. That one yeah. also could have that same sort of sensibilities, you know, and pacing and style. Yeah. You could do you could use all of that to sure. make this sort of movie. Mm -hmm. I love the Brothers Bloom. I haven't watched it in a while, but it's actually own that movie. It's one of the few movies I own. Hmm. It's a good one. I like it. Okay. Well, I mean I Sam, to to your point about the eighties and and timing and i think that was a very good point however <laughs> <laughs> the first trivia bit in imdb is bat midler says devito called her twice after after the premiere <laughs> once to congratulate her a second time 20 minutes later during which they both broke down a nervous frenzy about how terrible the movie was and their careers were over <laughs> which i think is amazing that's i don't know who did that little trivia bit but that's a really good one i don't know yeah even if it's it like is. close to true i think that's that's pretty telling because it's it tells you how they actually felt they're like yeah it's funny but um you know it's kind of a train wreck isn't it i mean <laughs> but the people well, that just goes to to prove you know to to bolster my belief in about half of what's made people don't really know if it's good or bad until it actually gets out there for other people to see it another yeah. good point yeah yeah like i love that like i you know because everyone thinks they're making the best movie they're writing <laughs> the best book they're making the best song yeah right and it's 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 interesting what you know, what comes out, what rises to the top and what doesn't, or what's, like I said, I think, I think timing, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's a huge part of it too. Marketing. I mean, yeah. Movies more yeah. so than songs or books, you know, like that. Cause there's so many people involved and so many variables, you know? Right. Well, I think, we, you know, songs and books have no, you know, cause there, there's, for the most part, such a small group of people are one person based where, whereas a movie you can have, and this is, this is where I think Cohen comes in here is, is how he loves movies. You can have one really redeeming part and it will make up for so many other things. Yeah, I agree with that. And well, no, that's how you love it. I mean, you have well, seriously recommended movies to me to watch like a five minute part three quarters of the way in. 
you're like, oh, but there's this one part, you know, in an hour and a half or whatever, and you know that will totally redeem it, you know, or make it worth <laughs> totally all the other things. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so the thing is, is like for me watching Danny DeVito just be like himself, like yeah. this this like slimy little guy mm-hmm. was just you know it's so much fun for the first part. Yeah. You know? it's like he's yeah. playing the same but, character from Romancing the Stone. Yes, right. which he's great in that too. Yeah, yeah. Or he's better in that than he is in this, I'd say. But he doesn't have to do with quite. He doesn't have to carry the movie. But I mean, look at Ace Ventura. Like mm-hmm. you can take Jim Carrey out of almost any really successful movie he made and put someone else in there, and that movie will not be a success because he alone is the character makes yeah. all the ridiculousness okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, Danny DeVito's not Jim Carrey or anything, but it just, like, goes to show, like, it takes one little thing, and people love that one little thing enough to make it a $100 million movie. Yeah. You know? And... Because <laughs> this, the plot to this movie does not hold up at all. Yeah. You know? I think that, you know, going back to how people, what the, people liked at the time and all that stuff, the ending is a happy ending. I th- it, yeah, it's silly. They're splashing around. We don't know exactly what they're going to do, but we all know, oh, they got away scot-free. Because, you, you know, I remember thinking as soon as they took off the duck masks, like, oh, well, they're screwed. They're, these people are, are in big trouble and they have no idea what they're doing. Right. So we want th- we want them, we care about them. We care about the, the, the semi-innocent couple that just wanted to get recognition for their de- design. And and if it wasn't a happy if it wasn't a happy ending, there's no way it makes seventy one million dollars. You know what I mean? I mean I, I think at that time, you want you want to go out have you know bunch of hijinks, funny stuff happens, but in the at the end you want to be like oh well at least the people I liked are are okay you know or Danny DeVito got what he deserved you know that <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. So that like you know, if it was um. It was more modern, or somebody else did it. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't end well for them, you know. It never. It. It shouldn't. They're poor criminals. They, they should get caught or killed or something, you know. But they don't. So it's all good. Yeah. All right. What are we doing next? Hmm. <laughs> I love that you always ask, especially when. You are next. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Don't get technical with me. (laughs) Well, what do you got in your rusty innards? Uh, Something from the 70s, because you said we were missing 70s. Ah, Yes. Thank you for scratching Mm -hmm. that itch. Yes. It's a really famous movie from the late 70s. Oh. Is it Jaws? Is it Jaws? No, Jaws, isn't Jaws 75? 76? Or 76. It's not later than 76. Is it Star Wars? No, it's not that famous. (laughs) We have have an unwritten rule. (laughs) That was good. I remember I saw it in like 1978. Um, Is it Superman? No, but that was one of the ones I was thinking about. Hmm. um, Just because I wanted to... Okay, I was like, okay, if I'm going to pick a 70s movie, I'm not going to pick some movie that we haven't seen and risk it sucking like hmm. i'm gonna pick a movie <laughs> like me <laughs> that yeah it's like i don't i applaud that decision 
Like, I remember watching it, you know, on VHS. <laughs> it's the right decision. I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but it's a really famous movie. Hmm. Um, hmm. So, you want more hints than that? When yeah. was Towering Inferno? That's like 79 or something. 74. Is that, is that really? late? That's 74. Ah. Never mind. It inspired a franchise or is part of the, the beginning of a franchise, maybe? Is it horror? No. <laughs> uh, were you were you thinking uh, Friday the 13th? Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw. Oh, that's too early, too. Damn it. What's with the 74 movies? It was a good year to yeah. be born. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so it did have... All right. Let me... Um, does have a franchise. Let me give you another... Yeah. Um, oh, man. God, if anything I Is say... Is it The Godfather? Feel, no. That was hmm. earlier. Oh, was it? This is 1979. Oh. Okay. Okay. okay going on the end of the 70s. Um, let's see. 79, well-known as a franchise. Hmm. God. Anything I say is just going to get away. Um, ooh, most of the extras in this movie were used, in the film, were paid in beer. (laughs) Nice. Okay, okay, that paints a picture. Yeah. Kind of like, um, what was the stuntman movie we did? Hooper? Hooper? Yes. Hooperman? No, Hooper? Hooper. Hooper. Seven All right. Five. Paid in beer. Is it a comedy? This uh, this director also did uh, 3,000 Years of Longing, I believe. Oh. The Idris Elba movie? Yeah. Uh, who directed that? I don't even know who directed that. I didn't see that. that. All right. The last version of this movie uh, came out, uh, it, let's see. It in, sounds like... Yes? Well, I was going to say, is it like Ridley Scott? I mean, I'm trying to think of one somebody who's been working that long. Yeah, you're really close. Really close? Uh, Alien would have been the next best guess, given the lame clues I've given you so far. Um, yeah, it's Alien, it, but it's not Alien. But the last version came out in 2015. The last iteration, I should say. Oh, well, but you said it's not horror. Uh, I don't know, man. All right, it's got Mel Gibson in it. Oh, is it Mad Max? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, what else can you say? You can't say Apocalypse. I know, can't say George Miller. You can't, can't say, say Mel Gibson. Cars, I can't say Australia. Can't say I can't say car. I can't say gasoline. <laughs> can't it's like say there's Thunderdome nothing. or any of that. You know, what are you going to say? There's no. <laughs> cool. Mad Max. So you picked the least entertaining, by the way, of the entire franchise. Wait, well, it's the road, <laughs> but, but the it had to be seventies. Yeah, it had to be. <laughs> yeah, he was doing. No, it was really thing. tough because because yeah, I was like, I could have picked Alien, which I would have really enjoyed watching too, but I don't remember the original Mad Max. No, no, that's why I wanted to see it because I was like, oh, wait, I remember Thunderdome, s- somewhat, but I don't remember. 
any of the others. Do you remember the Road Warrior? Yeah, because no, I don't remember Mad Max Two. It hmm. says nineteen eighty one. Which one? The Road Warrior. Yeah, that's the second Maybe. one. Oh, okay. First Road one's Wars, Mad Max. Second one's Road Warrior. Third one's okay. Thunderdome. Oh, geez, I don't know which one I've seen. I mean, I've, I remember clearly watching Beyond Thunderdome with Tina Turner. Sure. Yes. That left a mark on me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember the, them all vividly. All the video oos <laughs> and the pig shit and all. I remember all of it. <laughs> but the one okay. from eight Mad years Max. ago, Masterpiece. Yep. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah, save it. We will. That's all I'm going to talk about. <laughs> that's my, that's the only reason I picked this movie, is to talk about the other so one. <laughs> that's a clever sort of I mean, loophole. Yeah, I don't think there's a problem with that. In yeah. our very few rules, you found the loophole. Uh-huh. Found mm. the loophole in the logical blow. Went out of my... Oh, <laughs> nope. Sorry, wrong thing. All right, one more Let's random see. thought. Did you guys notice Phil Hartman's voice on the TV? No. No? That was Phil no. Hartman's voice? Yeah, I was like, oh, that's got to be Phil Hartman. And For what? W- voice of what? He was he was just on the t- on the news, on the it's TV. It's a television right? commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, leprechaun man, leprechaun man. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it might be time to quit. Yep. That's enough movie buff. I'm out. <laughs> we just start spewing Austin Powers quotes. It's stick a fork in us. Yeah. Yeah. Until Mad Max. But until then, this has been our best review ever. I'm sure Mad Max will be better. Top of the list. Yeah. Yeah. And you heard it. <laughs> Lucky you. And if you're a successful filmmaker out there just dying to remake Ruthless People, just remember the film with three brains at gmail.com. Drop us a line. Let us know what you're thinking. Dot com. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. That's the film with three brains. Celebrate with a couple cheeseburgers. <laughs>